When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Song Facts Podcast. I am your host, Corey O'Flanagan. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you're having a great day. Really appreciate you tuning in. As always, this podcast is a part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. And if you want to take a couple minutes and leave us a quick review, we would certainly appreciate that. You know, every once in a while, the chaos that is the app formerly known as Twitter helps me to find an artist to have on the show. Julia Cannon has a new album called How Many, which is out now and was brought to my attention by a past guest, Aaron Lee Tazjin. So thank you, the app formerly known as Twitter. After listening to it, it becomes clear that Julia is a very gifted songwriter, and as you will discover listening, she also produces, sings, and plays multiple instruments, quite the talent. Keep digging into her catalog and you will find that Julia has been writing great music for quite some time, so I'm very excited to bring you Miss Julia Cannon. I've been thinking things that I never thought I'd think and I need to know. I want to start with just kind of asking about the title track on the new album, How Many. How many issues can I blame on my absentee dad? How many? How many? Until I get to that feeling I like How many nights until I feel less alone in this life How many Such an interesting way, I think The first line of this song And the photo that you have going with it I don't know, it just captured me It got me into what I was getting into right away And then the fact that it was only like 40 seconds long I was like, (laughs) this is just such a unique way to enter into an album So, you kind of just like There's so many deep questions being asked in this song And then there's like some some touches of light humor too That I feel like I find I'm just wondering what you can tell me about this song and, And why you chose it to kick off the album I stumbled upon that song and it kind of gave me the idea to put this album together in the way that I did. I was, I'm a productive procrastinator. And so back in college, when I was supposed to be working on something else, that kind of just happened. I was messing around in my apartment in Boston and I put it on SoundCloud and sometimes I would go back and listen to it and be like, this is fun. I should do something with this. And then I was listening to it and I was going through like my first run of therapy. And I realized like, 
I've always been aware of these feelings. I just haven't paid them that much attention. I've got a complicated family history. I cope with humor. These are like deep things that I've always kind of been able to take in stride with humor. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it would be a really good introduction to me and how I process things. I didn't think about it at all that much when I wrote the song, but looking back at it now, it's like, yep, those things have always been there. I mean, it's really like this interesting thing, because if you really, I mean, I've listened to it a few times now, and every time I go back, I hear like a new question that I didn't hear the first time. And I'm just like, there's just some really good, like, philosophical questions that you're asking, (laughs) which I just love. Like, it's like kind of just getting deep. And then the fact that, you know, that you kind of named the album after it, I can see why it was a catalyst. I think you have just like this really unique sound and I want to compare it to something, but I don't want you to take it in any sort of offensive way, but you have like a throwback sound to me. And that's what I think is really gravitates me towards your music, especially the stuff on this album. And I've gone back on the, and and listened to some of the stuff from the past too. And it gets me the same way that in like 05 or 06 or whenever it was that I first heard Amy Winehouse and I heard Mm. her kind of like just throwback sound hit the airwaves. And what do you think you attribute to that? Does that just come naturally to you or do you thought, have you thought about that at all? I get it a lot. Someone told me um, recently I I played um, Bluebird in the Mountain this weekend And somebody told me that they felt like they were in a time warp when they were listening to me. I think like that as a compliment. Yeah, I mean, sure. (laughs) It's just what happens. Like my mom uh, is Filipino and the other side of the world in um, the Philippines, they're like a decade or so behind on music trends. And so like the karaoke tracks that they listen to are also behind and filipinos are big on karaoke culturally so that's an understatement if anyone i learned how to read (laughs) on a karaoke machine and i grew up singing like old songs and um i was introduced to old jazz at a really young age um like i probably know like way too many songs (laughs) from the 60s and 70s and 30s and 40s and beyond for someone my age um, or born in the time that I was. I just attribute it kind of to that culturally that started my fascination with it. Um, like my my great grandparents' favorite songs were really old Spanish songs. Like hmm. um, I'm blanking on the names of them right now. That's okay. Like, is it, are you thinking like um, Buena Vista Social Club? And that's more Cuban, I guess. Um, yeah, like, uh, Los Panchos. Okay. And like La they Cucaracha. loved Nat King Cole. Okay. And Got it. like old romantic. I'm like, I feel like somebody injected me with a deep love for Ella Fitzgerald at a very young age. Um, As one should be. Yeah. Just kind of my family and the culture I grew up in. And then also like my stepdad introduced me to old country at a, pretty young age too like charlie pride and um all of them old greats did you do your own vocal layering on this is this all you i did i produced everything unbelievable did you do it in this lovely little room you're in right now i actually started it at my um 
in a house that I was in prior. And some of it, honestly, like I've been collecting little weird pieces from like in college. So some of the tracks have things that I did not re-record that maybe I just like sped up and mashed and chopped up a bit. Yeah. What do you, I mean, I've always wondered about that. Like when you're doing layering and some of these songs have a lot of different vocal textures and layers to them. How do you, are you hearing these in your head and then putting them down until you've, you've heard everything or like, I guess, how do you know? Like, yeah. okay, that's the last layer. Sometimes I sit down and, and I like, I'm like, this is the time that I'm going to give to this song and I'm going to go until it doesn't feel good anymore. Then I'm going to stop and listen to it again. And then I'll take a week or longer and then I'll come back to it. Mm-hmm. If I hear something else, um, I try not to overthink it. I yeah. try to just go for what feels good or what is fun. Sometimes I think on like maybe one or two of the songs, I I started them and then I completely redid them. I try not to overthink it or like overproduce it because I think that is the worst thing that you can do. And you can tell if someone's just doing things because they feel like they need to fill space. And it's like, that's a slippery slope to get into. Or because they can. Like, if you're like, no, I can do this like crazy falsetto and I'm just going to do it because I have that ability, even though the song doesn't necessarily need it. Yeah. I mean, if it's fun to you and you know that it's just for you, then why not? But I, I like, I think it's really easy to feel like your music is kind of naked and that you need to do a lot to make it feel complete. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I listen to some of my favorite albums like I listened to the first few Iron and Wine albums over and over and over and over again when I was in college and that is like one mic in an apartment and those that kind of grounds me or like I like to watch YouTube videos of how things were produced and recorded and Mm -hmm. um, I was watching uh, Andrew Sarlo I think is how you say his name he produced some albums for um, Adrian Lenkar from big thief and legitimately just said like we were in a parking garage and we used an iphone (laughs) and so those kinds of producers and that mentality is where i try to come at from it like the performance is more important than anything else than any of all the tiny little elements but then it's like the balance like i also want to challenge myself and try new things but my my main thing is like don't overthink it like sleep on it see how I feel about it later but I definitely did things in little spurts rather than like like I'm saying this and I feel like maybe I'm lying because I do overthink a lot but I try to (laughs) but I try to not I'll overthink it but I won't overdo it if that makes sense no it does I, I I guess the question that I would have then is that the same does the same pertain to you lyrically like if we're talking about music here and doing that but lyrically do you like to dive it because I think that you I mean this album seems pretty autobiographical to me and I'm just kind of wondering if that's you're obviously not afraid to like get in touch with those all the different types of feels that people have going on within ourselves and then express them does that scare you ever like you get seems like you get pretty raw and vulnerable here yeah I write pretty quickly like I usually will write a song in an hour or I'll try to get it to a point where I can stop and then maybe come back at it with fresh ears, but I'll finish the entirety of like the form and the bones because it's therapy. Like yeah, I grew up true. in a grew up in a loud household with a lot going on, everybody doing their best, but like 20 people in a five bedroom house sometimes. Dang. 
and kind of felt like, you know, you're not, you weren't supposed to talk about your feelings. I feel like for a lot of us who grew up millennials, like our parents were doing their best. They didn't have a vocabulary. And so I just kind of learned how to get it out in song. Um, and I think it saved my life like over and over and over again. Cause I think that I like to write about things that are difficult to talk about. Do you find um, writing and singing about them easier than expressing them just verbally? Yeah, because it's like nobody will hear it if I don't want them to, <laughs> if, I don't, if I don't let them and then I can brace myself for when people are going to hear it as yeah. opposed to like in the moment actually expressing the difficult thing. Yeah. Um, go back with me for a minute here because like I said, I went back and listened to some of the songs before this album and I one that really just kind of caught me was called All Along. All along it was you I can't remember a time Before I knew As if the sun left me blind And this mm. was a um, just this beautiful duet love song that you had on your last album. I think it was 2017 that it came out. Yeah, with my friend Logan Kendall. Oh my God, the song is just freaking beautiful. And I just love to get an idea of how this came together. Was it co-written? Like what, what, just what's the story behind this one? Thank you. Um, I don't really remember. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, it was after college and I wrote it and then I asked Logan if he would sing on it with me I love him he's got a beautiful artistry in his own right mm -hmm. um great songwriter and I think I think I wrote it about how after college I fell into this relationship that was like a whirlwind it was really quick we moved to Nashville together and it felt like it was supposed to happen and it felt like I'm not like a religious person or like the most spiritual, Yeah. but it, it just felt like it was meant to happen. And I still believe that I was meant to grow with that person. Um, and we did grow with each other and are responsible for who we are today individually. So that's kind of what that song was about. And then I, yeah, Logan just hopped on it. Do you find, did you, like, I think one of the things that I look at is like, is there a challenge to writing a more like happy love song like that? Like, I feel like it's kind of got that feel of like, we were just meant to be all along, whether it's forever or just for this segment of time. Like, I think that's the way that it made me feel of like, don't be scared. Just, mm -hmm. it was just kind of meant to be like, it might not be forever, but that doesn't mean you have to be fearful of it. Like, you don't have to be fearful of it ending. And I just, I, I guess I just wonder if that's like something that you had thought about as you were doing it, or was that just my interpretation? I think I'm just like such a romantic. <laughs> Actually, I, I do thing. think it is hard to write happy love songs, but I don't have a hard time with it. Like I just, when I care about people, I turn into a puddle of goo, but it's, <laughs> it's also hard to get me to care about you. Okay. But once you like, I'm a cancer. And so I got my shell. Once you get under my shell, it's just all that soft white meat and 
<laughs> then I just write a bunch of love songs. I write love songs for my friends. Like all of the songs that I write that are gooey, that's just, they probably happened in like 30 minutes. Yeah. And I was just feeling it. Stay tuned for more Song Facts podcast right after this. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner. And Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. You do a lot of really cute little videos with all these too. Is that all stuff that you come up with? Like as people are going through and listening to this album on Spotify, they're going to see some of this. Oh, the canvases? Yeah, I think that those are just so cool. I was watching those this morning and just like, I assume that you're just doing that, right? Yeah, yeah. The more professional ones I ask people to put together, but I kind of like the idea of just kind of being myself. I have a hard time trying to be cool or professional. And I think that all of the best things that have come to me have come through just when I'm comfortable and vulnerable. Yeah. Um, I mean, that also comes with like, I had to learn how to set a lot of boundaries because I think that comes across as like being extremely available to people. Um but I'd rather do that and have to set boundaries than like, I think about a lot how sometimes I'm like, what if I was like a cool edgy girl and I'm just not, <laughs> no. I was like, I want people to see my cat when they're listening to my album. No, honestly, that was the one video that I saw that I was like, oh my God, this girl just loves her cat. And I've got I my do little dog my like just kind of circling me right now. And I'm just like, I, have this- I get it. I'm obsessed. My cat at my desk with me. <laughs> Okay, because so, people are listening. This is just like the most extreme close-up, what I assume is a <laughs> selfie of you and your cat. And I love that you're like, nope, cat, you're going in the foreground and I'll just kind of like tuck my face in here afterwards. Yeah. See, someone took that picture for me and I was and framed it and gave it to me as a gift. And I was like, I'm putting that on my desk. That's what I want to see when I come to my desk. That's good inspiration. Um, I'm not going to keep you for too long. My main goal here was because I got introduced to your music through someone that was a previous guest on here. 
to hopefully talk to you and then get this music out to as many people as I could, because I think that this album is so good. If you're listening, it's called How Many, and it's out now, and just go and listen to it. Um, the song Glow really stands out to me on this. And I think it's because as you go through this album track by track, like we've kind of talked about, you're vulnerable, you're opening up about things that are personal to you. Um, and this is just kind of a hopeful tune amidst all of that. And I'm, you know, it seemed like you might have been going through some stuff and then you just kind of like hit this point where you found your glow again. And that's what that song meant to me. But, you know, what what can you tell me about this tune? Thank you. Glow is funny one to me. Um, I am an introvert and I love to give like my energy to people in concentrated, intentional increments of time. But like there was a period of time right before COVID hit where I was just spread thin and exhausted and it's hard. Like you want to support everybody mm -hmm. and sh go to shows and be there and I, I'm so tired all the time. Man, <laughs> so, I hear that. <laughs> when COVID hit, I felt like happy. I mean, obviously like not, but like it felt good to be able to slow down yeah. and like be home and do the things that I wanted to do and catch up on my shows. Um, there's like this weird game in music too that I've kind of, I finally just decided like I'm a, a mushy person. I have a hard time. Like, I feel like I give a lot of love and some people have a different relationship with music and they're maybe like trying to climb a ladder or like play the game or, hmm. um, and when all that was away and I just got to like play music and see the people who I trusted the most and we were really prioritizing because you had to like each other's safety and, time yeah and talking about mental health it felt really good and that's what glow is about for me it was like ah I feel like the fullest version of myself because I'm not trying to be hyper aware of who I can and can't trust and where my energy is going and do I have enough time for this and am I being a good partner and you know is there a way to mimic that now that we're on the other side of the pandemic that you've found in just like non-pandemic life yeah, I I talked about it a lot in therapy. Um, it's I just have to put my blinders on sometimes and be like, these are my top three priorities right now. It's me and my health and the people that I care about and my cat. And I just need to take care of those things before I can like slowly take my blinders back off. I just get I feel like maybe this is a small town person thing. I'm so used to a smaller community that I care a lot about all of the people within my community and my community is now way bigger than it was yeah, before. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just have to like stop and be like, nobody's going to die. If I don't go to this show, I can send a text. I can still buy a ticket and support. I can 
like, you know, call that person later. If I don't get to these emails right now, I can do them in the morning. I just, I feel like as an independent artist too, I get really overwhelmed um, since I'm producing and writing and like mixing my own music, all this stuff. Yeah. Sometimes I just have to remember what's important and focus on the task at hand. Where'd you learn to do all that? The production side, did you, YouTube? Or do you have I, I went to school for it. Oh, beautiful. Is that what you were doing in Boston? Yeah, I went to the Berkeley College of Music and I studied um, writing and production. I've had so many Berkeley grads on this show. This is amazing. Oh, I nice. Love it. Um, yeah, talk to me about a little bit about your time there. Was it, Did you like Boston or was that a... That's so funny because you said you're from Alaska. Now that like yeah. now you're like a Southerner. <clears throat> now I'm a Southerner. Uh, <laughs> everything is South for me. <laughs> everything is still like, I have a really hard time remembering that I am now like technically Southeastern. I always say like, yeah, I'll come down and it's like Ohio. Yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, Boston was, it was a lot. Oh man, it was a huge culture shock. I I have to imagine coming straight from wherever you were in Alaska. Yeah, from South Central Alaska and Wasilla. Um, I was born in Anchorage. You're not supposed to like climb trees in Boston. You can't pee in the woods. You're not allowed to like have access to every roof top, which I like <laughs> ended up breaking into buildings and going to the roof because I like just needed to have elevation again. Wow. Um also, like Alaskan culture is different. It's people are more, there's less etiquette. It's kind of like it's the Wild West. Yeah. You don't, like, there was an acre between my mom's house and any of our neighbors. Um, and so, yeah, I felt like a wild animal learning how to be a person, um, like what you can and you can't do, what isn't, isn't appropriate. Like being around some wealthy kids who, like, have summer homes and people who had access to being invited to like sing at uh, Carnegie Hall in high school. And I'm just like, I sang in the woods for a bunch of hippies. Wow. Um, <laughs> you know, so it was, it was different. It was a challenge. And I also like grow up, I grew up poor. I was working like sometimes two jobs through college and I lived 45 minutes away. So it was hard. Yeah. I had to take like, two buses and a train to get to school. And then I would take two buses and a train to get to work. And then I would take three buses and a train to get home after work. So it was, hmm. it was really difficult, but I'm really grateful for um, the experience. Not so grateful for the student debt. Yeah, <laughs> no, of course not. Um, I'm curious now, if you, I mean, you seem like someone that music just kind of pours out of you, like whether or not you can control it, you've got all your instruments just kind of there at any point in time, you can just turn around, pick up a guitar or whatever, and start writing a song. You've just put this out in the last couple of weeks. Are you already writing those new songs and new material? Like, is it, yeah. close, is this close a chapter as soon as it's out there? And then you start working on the next thing? Yeah, but does that sound kind of messed up? Like, not I really, because there's so much pre-production work that you've done. You've That's been working, true. like you said, you've been working on these songs for years. Yeah, I have, and some of them are like college old. Like, how many? Um, yeah, I've had some really fun co-writes. Like, I wrote with Aaron, um, Aaron Lee Tazjen recently, and we wrote a really good song. And I want to work with him more. Um, I have 
God, I have write so I do write a lot of songs. I've I've written probably like thirty songs in like the last couple of months. I just that's the way that I process my feelings. I'll it, it just happens. I'm ready to put out more music, and I feel like I learned a lot as a producer on yeah. this album, and I feel like um, it's weird. It's like how do I want to present myself? Okay, cool. I've covered those bases. Now I want to present these other aspects of me and explore these other parts. So I'm ready to do that. And I'm really excited about it. I have no idea. Like maybe I'll do a co-write album because I've had some really fun co-writes lately or just, you know, kind of the trend now is a lot of people are just kind of putting out singles and then maybe it turns into an EP but I might be too much of a control freak for that. So we'll see. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that the nice thing about the modern time is that one, you're staying in control of whatever you want to do. So you don't have anybody putting any extra pressure on you. And That's I think true. the other thing too, is like, from my perspective, you have this amazing gift, the the ability to create the music, to put the lyrics to it, to produce it all of that stuff and the songs are so good so please if you're listening listen to this music I, I just am so grateful for you to spend a little bit of time with me and and just for making this music so I, thank you so much thank you for having me and for your kind words thank you so much to julia for coming on and joining me i am just so impressed with her voice her openness within her lyrics and just her ability to craft a song and produce it and make the whole thing herself. Just such an incredible talent. I really hope you go check out this album, How Many. And as always, for the stories behind the songs, go to songfacts.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.